get across to his people. There's a lot of, we talked last week about this incredible message of Christ. But this week, we're going to talk about how to get it. Jesus said, all right, let me lay this out to everybody straight. I want to read this to you out of Mark chapter 8, about six or seven verses, not a whole lot. It says this in Mark 8, starting in verse 31. Jesus speaking, it says, He began to teach that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and he must be killed and after three days rise again. So Jesus kind of tells them how all of this is going to happen. He's preaching, hey, you're going to have life. And they're like, yeah, we want that. And he goes, it's going to be great. You're going to have fulfillment wherever you go. We want that, yes. And you're going to be happy in, in, internally and eternally. You're going to be happy. It's going to be all. Oh, we want that. And Jesus said, and for that to happen, the Son of Man has to suffer, has to be tortured, killed. But don't worry, he'll raise from the dead on, in three days. And they're all kind of like staring at a calf, staring at a new gate. Like, what are you talking about? No, you're the king of kings. We want you to go whoop the Romans, elevate the Jews. Done. That's how this is going to happen. Nope, the man of God, or the Son of God, has to suffer for this to happen. He's going to be captured. Your king's going to be captured. So let's, let's go on because he's fixing to get interrupted a little bit. In verse 32, it said he spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Who in the world rebukes Jesus? Jesus is laying out God's plan for the world. He's just given the first half of this, which we're not reading all today, but he's just given this life. God's here to give you life. He's got plans for He's, he's going to do something supernatural in you. And they're all wanting that. And he says, but for that to happen, I'm going to have to die. I'm going to have to suffer at the hands of the evil. And Peter took him aside and said, uh-uh, you don't understand. Like, I, I'm a pretty good street fighter. So, Jesus, when they come for you, i got one sword on either side. And we're just going to gonna defend you. We're going to take them out. And this wasn't the last time Peter would do that. You, you remember the Garden of Gethsemane where Peter's pray, or where Jesus is praying and they come to get Jesus. And Peter cuts off the ear of the guard. Years later, Peter still doesn't get, this isn't going to be a, a coup. This isn't going to be a physical military takeover. I'm coming to do something inside of you that nobody can take away. Jesus goes on. Now let's, keep, let's keep reading. Mark 8, 33. Verse 33 says, But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have the mind in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Anybody ever called you Satan? That's pretty bad, isn't it? I, I was called the devil by a neighbor when I was a little kid. She was right at the time. She said, you little devil, and she was, had a broom like a baseball bat. And so the devil went that way, away from her, got away from her. Mrs. Weaver, that was her name. I remember that. And that's maybe not the last story you'll hear with Mrs. Weaver. In it. If you ever get somebody mad enough at you, disgusted enough with it, they may call you Satan. But how about Jesus looking at you and calling you Satan? Think about that. Sometimes we joke about this, and sometimes it's hard to figure out. But let me, let me explain why Jesus takes that step and says, get behind me, Satan. Like, I'm not going to let Satan stand in front of me. Why not? Because I have come, Jesus has come, to implement God's plan for him and humanity, right? That's the whole point of this. I have come to give you life to the fullest. And you, 
want to stand in the way. How do you want to stand in the way? Well, the way that's going to happen is, you remember what we just read, the Son of Man has to suffer many things, has to die, give his life, and be raised from the dead in order that you and I can have life. I've got to die for that, Jesus said. And Peter said, nope, I'm not going to let him kill you. So so you, Peter, are going to hold up God's plans? You understand? Like he said, you have to have the mind of God. You have to understand the concerns of God. The concerns are right now that you would let God's plan happen, and whatever you need to do to let God's plan happen, you say, yes, sir. You just get on after it, right? That's what he's trying to say. That's why he calls him Satan, because Satan doesn't want God's plan to happen. Satan actually wants Jesus to stay alive. I don't want Jesus to die, because if Jesus dies, his life is pure. He saves mankind. He forgives sins. He fixes the problems that I've been making for the last 10,000 years. That's why he says, get behind me, Satan. And because Peter, can you imagine why, why Peter rebuked him? Because Peter was one of the ones, you remember the story in the early Matthew when he walked by Peter and Peter's fishing and he said, hey, drop your nets and follow me. You remember that? That was that Peter. He dropped his nets. He gave up his career to follow Jesus. And now Jesus is saying, you're going to die? I'm very confused, Peter says. I gave up everything, and now you're saying you're going to give up everything? That doesn't look like a good retirement plan for me. Hey, Jesus, I'm really wanting this life thing you're talking about. Life to the fullest, greater than I could ever imagine, overflowing, all of those things. And you dying is going to put an end to that, right? You have to understand what I'm talking about, Jesus says. Let's, let's keep reading. Let's finish out this passage real quick. Verse 34. And then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, now let's pause there for a sec. So he's talk, he was talking to the disciples. Peter said, nope, not going to happen. I'm not going to let people hurt you. And then he turns to Peter and he rebukes Peter and he said, get behind me, Satan. You've got to have the mind of God. So he turns, instead of just talking to the disciples, the whole crowd that he's been telling the message to, he understands maybe they don't understand how to receive life. Like I've been preaching life, right? I've been talking about it, but maybe they don't really get it yet. Like Peter doesn't get it yet. Like the disciples aren't getting it yet. So he doesn't just call them. He calls the whole crowd. Hey, everybody gather around. Gather around because I'm going to tell you right now how to get this life, this great life that you wanted. All right, you ready? Is everybody ready in here? Are y'all ready for this? Y'all think y'all knew the answer? Are you reading ahead? So here we go. And he said to his disciples and everybody else, whoever wants to be my disciple, that would be everybody. Here we go. Step one, must deny themselves. And step two, and take up their cross and follow me. And then he unpackages that statement a little bit. He says, whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? Everybody say, no good. What good is it for you to have everything, everything, and be lost inside? It's worthless, right? It's worthless. Laying on your deathbed, that's worthless. And then he wraps it up with verse 37. Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? He's he's drawing a line. He's helping him understand. I'm talking about taking your cross upon you and denying yourself and just following me every day the things that I do follow me that's how you're going to get it and how important is this because without it you forfeit your soul 
If you don't deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me, you forfeit your soul. And who would want to do that? And the whole crowd, I'm sure, they're just standing there like, I don't want to do that. They're trying to figure like, wow, this was like, Jesus brought us here. We all got a free lunch. We had great four or five songs, right? They gave away some TVs and iPods. This was a great day until Jesus started down this road. But he's trying to help them understand, listen, does everybody in the crowd want life from Christ? Yes, of course. Then this is how you do it. The first step here, I want, I want you to remember these four words as we move forward. All right, the first point in your notes, if you want to get this. Take up your cross. When Jesus, here, here, here's a little historical reference, not in your Bible, but a little historical reference that will help you understand how important this is. As Jesus says, take up your cross. You know the Romans would use it to crucify people, to kill people. It was the capital punishment. That's what it was one of the main ways that you could die was to be crucified. It would take you two or three days. You would finally get weak enough that you would suffocate yourself because you couldn't hold yourself up to breathe. And so you would get weak enough that you would suffocate and die. It's a terrible death. But when Jesus was about nine or ten, there was a man that lived in Jerusalem, around Jerusalem, called Judas, Judas the Galilean. Judas was a member of a group of zealots, people that were radical Jewish followers, radical followers of God. There were thousands of them. And these zealots would do whatever they could to protect God's temple, to protect the high priest. But somewhere around when Jesus was 9 or 10, they got tired of just protecting those things, and they decided to go on the offense. And they organized about a 1,500 to 2,000 of them around the area of Jerusalem, all got together, had this plan where they were going to create over over a few days over a week they were going to create little crowds because it was against the law for the jewish people to gather in crowds the romans were afraid of that so when they would start gathering in crowds the romans would come in and break that up because they didn't want a crowd turning on three or four romans so what they would do is they would get the, these zealots uh, with judas kind of leading this they would get little crowds all over town to form and as the guards would come in Everybody would squeeze in, and the zealots would slip in with their knives, and they would stab the guards two or three times, hide the knife, and slip out. And as the guards are hurting, the crowd just disperses. And this was like their plan. Except for one of the zealots had gotten captured. You can read all about this. It's such a cool story. I'm hitting the bullet points, but it's much cooler than I'm leading on. One of the zealots had gotten captured and spilled the beans. So the Roman soldiers were ready for it. And as they started, the zealots started their attacks. The Roman soldiers came out from hiding. They captured over a thousand of these zealots. They put them in prison, and over the next couple of weeks, they constructed a thousand plus crosses. You want to get a statement across? They constructed like a thousand of these crosses, and one by one, as they were ready, they would take five or six of these guys, or 10 or 12 of these guys, and they'd bring them out of jail, give them a cross. And then they would take them to somewhere predominant, an intersection outside of town. They would take them to one of the, the trading market squares, something like that, where there were a lot of people. They would dig a hole, and then they would crucify those 10 or 12 guys or those 8 or 10 guys right there and leave them there for everybody to see. When you cross Rome, this is what happens. When you go against Rome, this is what happens. Jesus is about 9 or 10, according to the dates that it happened. Not only did they crucify over a thousand zealots within about a month's period, they made it a law that no Jew could touch those crosses. As those guys are dying, they couldn't feed them, they couldn't give them any water, they couldn't help them at all. 
And in fact, what's incredible is you read this story right toward the end. They explain that some of these crosses stayed up for a hundred years. They left them as a sign while the Romans were in charge. They left them as a sign of Roman authority. So first couple of weeks go by and you can't even imagine the smell, the gruesomeness, what was going on. But over time, as these bodies deteriorated, they're still hanging on the cross. This is what Jesus grew up with. So as Jesus says, hold on, everybody, I'm going to tell you how to get life and life to the fullest. <laughs> Can you imagine? He says, this is how you do it. You take up your cross and you follow me. Can you imagine the crowd standing there and just kind of looking off on the hillside and down the road and, and seeing those crosses still standing there and going, this isn't what I signed up for. Like, you have to die on a cross to get life from Jesus? That's where the confusion lies. Can I, can I tell you, when I say take up your cross, when Jesus said take up your cross, he wasn't just wanting people to die for him. Jesus is not wanting us to kill him. Could I get an amen? Jesus is not wanting you to die on a cross. How about a bigger amen? But what he is wanting to do is help you to understand that there are things in you that are trying to kill you that he wants you to kill on the cross. Does that make sense? Like, I, I have given you the authority, the power, the strength for you to kill some things in your life that are trying to kill you. Things like sin and selfishness and greed and lust and anger. Let's stop right there, all right? Like, those things. I want you to kill those things in your life. Like years ago, I, I was telling a telling one of the men about, or telling a group of men, we were talking about stuff, and I said, yeah, I quit uh, drinking pop a few years ago. And we were talking about it, and I said, how, how did you, this guy asked, how did you quit? I've tried several times. I've tried to, like, just have a one a month or one a week or whatever, and I said, nope. The only way that I find out to do it is I just have to, and my analogy was, I said, I just take it out back and kill it. That was good old country boy analogy. Just take it out back and kill it. Because I can't wean myself off. Like, if I have three Dr. Peppers in the, in the pantry, maybe a good month, maybe a good week, but then there's going to be a bad week. You know what I'm saying? And my daughter or somebody will, oh, that is like, that's a Dr. Pepper addict's worst sound. And I can be standing from here to this front row, and I can smell that sweet, my mouth will start salivating, I'll have to swallow, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, the only way those things in my life, those little things, isn't that funny? Like whether I'm talking about dessert or whatever, it's those little things that I actually reinforce the principle that Jesus talks about. He said the way that you're going to get to real life, seeing those things in your life that want to tug at you and pull at you and, and that want to kill you and take you down, and then surrendering it to me, first thing, putting it on the cross, and killing it, and then walking off and leaving it and following me. You understand that? That's the way that it works. And me and him kind of joke about it, even to this day. I said, what do you, you know, he, the other day, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about stuff. He said, I hadn't been eating the way I should be eating. He said, I'm fixing to do away with sweets. And I said, oh, yeah, you're going to cut down? And he kind of grinned. He said, nope, I'm going to take it out back and kill it. I said, that's the only way it works. It's the only way it works. I, like, do you want just a little bit of greed in your life? You don't want just a little bit of lust in your life? Like, no, I don't want that because that little dude is going to grow into something big. I had a great spiritual mentor one time. We were talking and we were talking about things in our life. Should we just totally try to kill those things or should we just try to subdue them? And he said, Scott, it's like this. It's like 
like, what do you like for dessert? And I said, well, to tell you the truth, I said, I'm a brownie guy. I love some good old double chocolate brownies. Can I get an amen? Yeah. yeah. So that, I love that. And he said, okay, so picture this. I fix you up a big old quadruple batch of brownies. Big old, you know, one of those pans that's all edges. Have you ever seen those? It's just, you got the thing that's all edges. Those are my favorite, you know. But, so I, I, fit, I get it, and right before I put it in the oven, I just go out in the back, and I get just a little bit of dog poo, just a little bit, like this much, just a little bit of dog poo, and I just kind of sprinkle it all over and mix it in. You can't see it, you can't smell it, you can't taste it or anything like that, and bake that, and I'm just like, that makes me mad. You've run to brownies, you know? And he said, but, uh, but it, oh, it's so good, it's a big, and it's all for you. You want any of that? I said, I got your point. Like, I, don't, I don't want a little bit of that in my life. You know what I'm saying? Like what Jesus said, the way that we find life is through taking up our cross, denying ourselves, finding those things that sin, selfishness, all those things. I can make me a list right now for me. And crucifying those things and then following Jesus. Amen? The way to life is really by following Jesus to life. That's point number two, that what Jesus came to show us, he wants you to follow him to life. When Jesus said, hey, the Son of Man has to suffer many things to get to life. Well, you know what? You know how hard it is for me not to drink pop? I have not had a pop since December 31st of 1991. You know that? On a dare, I quit. And after about four days of going through headaches, shakes, cold sweats, I'm like, that was Dr. Pepper? <laughs> like, seriously. I said, okay, I'm going to try to not drink that. And my roommates are like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this. And do that. I said, no, you can't have it in the house. And can I tell you, like, to this day, like, today, if my daughter were to crack a Dr. Pepper, which she loves, and I catch a whiff of that, it's like an addict, just like zombie fight. I'm like, can I smell that? Oh, I've smelled many Dr. Pepper cans in the last years. As a grown man, just, oh my gosh, that smells so good. And just, you know, break out in a cold sweat. And I'm, I'm not kidding. It's, which reaffirms, I don't want that in my life. Things that tug at me, which those things tug at me, you, you stay on the cross. You're not getting in my life, right? I'm following, now the Dr. Pepper has nothing to do with Jesus, all right? That, that was even B.C., but I love it because it's one of those things where you look at and you go, that's the way I had victory, done, killed it, took it out back, sacrificed, gone, dead, on the cross, don't touch me anymore. But believe it or not, I still have to remind myself of that all the time. I have to remind myself I'm not following my urges, right? I'm not following those things. I'm following Christ. Sometimes it's going to be rough. I would love to just say I'm having everything. But is everything healthy? Is everything healthy physically, much less spiritually? Do you, do you see why Jesus is having a quandary here with this crowd? He's been preaching life to them. This is what everybody wants. But you understand, to get that life, you're going to have to take some steps of faith. You have to push yourself toward God. You're going to have to give up yourself, die to self, take up your cross, take it with you because you're going to need it for lots of different things, right? And follow Jesus in life. Learn from him. Follow him all the way to eternal, fulfilling, and complete life. That's the way we get it. And we're going to finish it up with this. So how do I follow Jesus? Point number three, how do I follow him? By embracing death. 
It's the theme of my life. Other than Jesus, just take it out back and kill it. I learned to embrace death of seeking after pleasure in life. I can remember about 30 years old. You know, you, you start making more money than you've ever made. You get in a good spot in life. You're, you're still healthy and good shape. All this kind of, about 30 years old. I'm like, man, I am getting all that I can get. And then as you start getting a little bit, you just go, all I can get is not healthy for me. It's not good for me. And start having to figure out what's best for me in life, what's healthy for me in life. And understanding that, you know what, things that are not good for me, I'm going to embrace their death. Amen? Okay, that wasn't a big amen, but it's true. I'm, I'm going to start embracing those things. I'm, I'm going to take up my cross, and I'm going to kill those things that are trying to kill me. That's the only way you can do it. If it's trying to kill me, I'm going to kill it. Amen? I, I, aren't you glad that Jesus didn't say pet it and put it in a kennel and just watch it make sure it doesn't overwhelm you? No, he said you got to take up your cross. you got to make sure those things die so that you can follow Christ. Do you want life? Everybody say amen. Yeah. Do you want life? I want life. And I, I want life to the fullest. I wasted 23 years of my life. The first 23, I did not follow Christ. But I'll be a monkey's uncle if I'm not going to try my guts out for the next 50 years. I got time to make up. I, I want to see this in my life. More than even in my life, I want to see it in my kids' lives. I want to see them putting things to death in their life. Stop chasing the world. Let me tell you something that we, we haven't even made public yet. I mean, we're telling our friends and stuff. My son, man, he's got amazing grades, super smart, all that kind of stuff. Got accepted to OU. We've been pumped about it for years, man. I bought extra OU shirts. I'm already telling him to get me, figure out how he can get me in the student section next year. You know what I'm talking about? The spiritual section, you know, down there close. I'm already figuring that. But about two weeks ago, we were talking about stuff, and he feels called to the ministry. He, he wants to do this for the rest of his life. I want you to go to OU, but they don't have pastor degrees at OU. And as we start talking about, well, let's look at some ministry schools and that kind of stuff. Do you know what I found myself doing? I found myself putting on my OU shirts, and I think we can work this out. I mean, he could go get a really good like business degree or law degree or engineering, whatever, and still work at a church, right? He go to OU. Or am I being Satan? You know what I'm saying? I, I want to do what God wants him to do. So I said, you know what, Luke? It's not about what your mom or dad want. It's not about that. It's not about what we planned on for 10 years. It's not about that. What it's about is God's plans for your life. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to start praying. We're going to start laying out some things. We're going to start checking some things and seeing. Because we're not in this to follow us, right? I'm, I'm killing that right now. That urge to do what... What Scott wants to do, I'm in this for what God wants my son to do because that's the greatest compliment, that's the greatest life, that's the greatest success I could ever have for my kids following Jesus, right? Does that make sense? L let me ask you, do you want the life that Jesus talked about in the Bible? I, I so want that. I've realized that church will not bring you that life. Do you know that? Religion won't bring you that life. They, all, they help if you have them in the right order. If you have denied yourself, taken up your cross, and followed Jesus. Don't be Satan. Don't say, no, but what about my plans? But no, but this feels good. No, but this makes lots of money. Get behind him, Satan. How about we just say, Lord, I don't want to be Satan. 
I want to be all about your plans for my life. I want to follow you. I'm going to look for things in my life that are trying to kill me, and I'm going to kill those things in my life. Not people, habits, urges, sin, self. Let everybody else worry about themselves. I'm just going to focus on me following Jesus. Amen. Let me pray for you today. Lord, we love your life-giving message. And although there is nothing I have to do to receive your grace, but to stay free in this world, to live the life that you promised, there are things that I must do for me. I must deny myself. It's maybe the hardest thing. Maybe that's why you put it first. It's the hardest thing. Deny my, my desires to chase money, to chase pleasure to chase fun, whatever it would be, to chase things, popularity, power, whatever that would be. We're just saying today, Lord, right now, that we're denying ourselves and we want what you have for us. We don't want to be safe. We don't want to be like Peter. We want to learn from Peter's mistakes and say, bring about your plan in our life. And if your plan involves us taking up our cross every day and denying ourselves and following you, and that's what we're going to do. When those things want to take control of us, we're going to pray and ask for strength, and we're going to draw a line in the sand and leave those things in our past. We're going to put them to death and leave them on the cross and follow you. So, Lord, I pray for everyone in this room today as we take a step forward in our faith, as we take a step forward today and tomorrow and the rest of this week, I pray that your life-giving power you raise when you raise from the dead that power that comes into us through your spirit that you would help us to see how to deny ourselves to see how to take up our cross and to see how to follow you we love you jesus we pray that today would be the day that we make a decision to follow you it's in your name that we pray everyone said